the open is always difficult. And honestly, more than anything, it's mentally more taxing than it is physically, to be honest, especially if you're trying to to qualify. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the average population, it's something fun. It's a workout. You just get to test where you are. Fun. Like everything in CrossFit, it's fun in quotation marks. We like to get go dark and black out every (laughs) time, if you consider that fun. Um, But I mean, the open is always difficult. It's always so stressful um, for competitors and you are going to push yourself to your limit, especially if you are trying to qualify. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today I'm talking to Meg Reardon, a multi-time CrossFit Games athlete who lives and trains out of New York City. Meg gives remarkable insight into what it takes to become a games-level athlete, and perhaps most importantly, to stay at that incredibly elite level. We also discuss the ins and outs of dealing with injuries while maintaining fitness levels and work capacity. Also, I just want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Meg Reardon, thanks so much for stopping by the office today. I, I got to say, the first thing I noticed when I met you downstairs was you you were on crutches today, which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> What's the backstory there and, and how are you feeling? Uh, th- yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, I recently went and saw a doctor and because I had some knee pain going on since the Open. Um, obviously, you kind of beat yourself to the ground during the Open, trying to qualify was able to, which is great. Um, but I was having some knee pain afterwards for a little while. And so certain things, a lot of the impact stuff was really starting to cause a lot of pain through my knee. So I went and saw a doctor and what they diagnosed was early uh, stages of stress fracture. So stress reactions in the mm-hmm. knee, um, no fracture yet, but they were kind of like, at this point, the recovery process is really important. Mm-hmm. So you need yeah. to try to be um, off of it as much as possible. So I was supposed to compete at Wadapalooza, ended up having to pull out of that. But um, So now I'm kind of staying off of it for four weeks and we'll kind of reassess and reevaluate and see what's what it's like next. So you're not really so I was gonna ask, like, what does that mean for your game right. season? And the answer is you don't really know yet. Exactly. So they they basically said three to four weeks minimum, three months max of mm-hmm. just healing. Um, so I'm really avoiding all the impact stuff, the running, the Olympic lifting, the plyo stuff was the most, you know, the stuff that was most affecting it. Yeah. Um, so I, right now my training is a lot of pressing and pulling, which is great because those are things that I needed to improve on anyway. So it's kind of a blessing in disguise, to be honest. That what? So what kind of, are you, you focusing on a lot of upper body pressing and pulling, I would mm-hmm. assume, for conditioning, what kind of options are you comfortable with right now? Right now, a lot of swimming, okay. which is great. Um, so I'm in the pool two to three times a week. Um, I can still bike to some extent. The thing is, I just can't really do anything super sprinty. Okay. So that's a lot of pressing into the bike pedals and stuff like that. I can do arms-only biking, which is terrible if you've ever done it. Um, oh, like arms-only assault bike? It's miserable. It's the worst thing yeah, in the world. Honestly, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can row a little bit as well. Again, it's just really not... Uh, anything that's really I'm pressing into mm. the leg, it's what I should try to avoid. So... It's really up to me and how smart I am, which is tough. (laughs) 
Well, we saw the bench press as part of an event at Wadapalooza. Mm-hmm. When they when they test max rep bench press at the games this year, you're going to be so ready I'm for that. I'm so ready. Are you benching? I got to ask. Yes, of course I am. I'm benching, um, getting a lot of like strict stuff in, mm-hmm. so a lot of strict pressing. Um, and it's crazy because... I when I first started doing this, I was very skeptical about doing like the bodybuilding stuff. Uh-huh. And since doing it, I've done it now. I think kind of been doing it for almost two months. I'm obsessed with it. I'm like, wait, <laughs> I actually don't even like Metcons. I just want to bodybuild all day long. Yes, I just want to get the pump, and it's, I don't want to breathe that. I want to have like the arm veins, and not have to breathe heavy, and that's about it. Uh oh, we're we've uh, the CrossFit community is going to lose you to bodybuilding. <laughs> yeah. It's it's inevitable here. This is just like a, com- a complete athletic career oh, man. change. Uh, what is what is the CrossFit benchmark workout? Is it Lynn? That's it's like body weight bench press and strict pull ups. Is that it? Um, is it Lynn? Linda? No, that that's the one with deadlifts no. and yeah. Power. Linda's that's, what we did at regionals, right? The last regionals, Oof, that was a rough one well, too. I'll have to look it I up. Know after. I know which one you're talking about. I have I think I've done a variation of it, but not the full. Like I think that'd be so hard to do. There <laughs> there is no bigger pump I've ever felt than that. You just feel. Just you feel like a tick. You're How just long so did it swollen. take you? Oh, I don't remember. A long time. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, have you look but, look at me? A lot longer than it would take you. Come on. <laughs> so you got. I don't want to say you got injured during the open, but you had this stress response coming out of the open. Yes. So we don't know exactly where that originated. Right, but right. It was something you were feeling. I've talked to a, a couple CrossFit Games athletes now who had some injuries coming out of the open. We had Carrie Pierce on the podcast. Mm-hmm. She was actually nursing an injury. She did compete at Wadapalooza. She did, yeah. It was, it was about, Achilles or something like it was that. Her, it was her Achilles. So she was able to kind of catch it early, like right. much like you're doing. Yep. Danny Spiegel, not not anyone I have talked to super recently, but she, I think, has a torn labrum yeah, coming I, out of the I open. I spoke to her this weekend as well, I think. Uh, so she says she has a, a tear in her shoulder. Yeah. Um, and she's trying to avoid the surgery route as well and just kind of prehab and be really smart. I mean, like the good thing is, I mean, the good and bad thing, obviously it's not great to be injured, but it is inevitable when you're doing things like this and you're competing at such a high volume. Um, but the good thing is, yes, we caught it early on. And also we have a ton of time, you know, Uh we still have a lot of time kind of changed up my season schedule just because I was supposed to compete at Wadapalooza and also West coast classic in a few weeks, but I decided to be smart and pull out of those. And hopefully, I mean, the goal is still to peak at the CrossFit games, you know, that's the end goal. So hopefully being smart now will pay off in the end. Do you think this open was, I mean, this is completely anecdotal, like three people having injuries out of the open or precursors to injuries out of the open doesn't really say anything because hundreds of thousands of people do the open. Right. But was there anything about this open that you thought was particularly tough or that maybe you thought might have contributed more than previous opens to injuries or something like that? You know, the open is always difficult. And honestly, more than anything, it's mentally more taxing than it is physically, to be honest, especially if you're trying to to qualify. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the average population, it's something fun. It's a workout. You just get to test where you are. Fun. Like everything in CrossFit, it's fun in quotation marks. We like to get go dark and black out every (laughs) time, if you consider that fun. Um, But I mean, the open is always difficult. It's always so stressful um, for competitors and you are going to push yourself to your limit, especially if you are trying to qualify. So we, there are definitely fine lines and, you know, we try to move as efficiently as possible, but you're doing a lot of, you're repeating a lot of these workouts. So it's a lot, it's taking a toll on your body for sure. I mean, also too, you have to think the games was only, um, you know, a month and a half, two months before that too. So there wasn't a ton of downtime. 
Um, so I think, you know, it just kind of was overuse. Uh, I was doing a lot of running and stuff like that as well. And I think that just all kind of contributed to what happens. Yeah. I mean, that, that certainly does make a lot of sense. I do have to ask about your experience. You're used to competing at Wadapalooza or you go to an event like Wadapalooza, you're used to competing. Mm -hmm. Was this your first time at Wadapalooza as like a spectator? So actually it wasn't, Okay, but I will say spectating is so fun, (laughs) (laughs) but it is, in my opinion, almost more difficult than competing because you're having to watch everybody and like run from event to event, stage to stage. Or or hobble or scoot. You're on a scooter. I was on a scooter, so I was scooting around. Um, My fiance was competing, so I was kind of running around to her events. Um, But it was also really cool because I got to meet a ton of people, Uh whereas I normally wouldn't be able to do that because I'd be eating and sleeping and, you know, sitting in the cold air and not being out in the sun. So it was a, it was a really fun experience. Did you have any sponsor obligations? Did you do, I, I, did you do any of the, I wasn't there this year, but any of the like meet Meg Reardon at 12 PM (laughs) at this tent? I I got to stop in at Victory Grips, which um, they're such an awesome supporter. So i it was no brainer for me. So Victory Grips and then Harbinger as well. Um, I stopped in with both those and kind of chatted with them and hung out at the booth, which was cool. Uh, yeah, I've I've never been on that side of an event experience, and I probably never will. Is like <laughs> a meet and greet. Like yeah. that's a good way. Actually, if any brands are looking to just get some downtime at the booth and make sure no one comes by, schedule a meet and greet <laughs> with me, and I guarantee you, no one people will just actively I doubt avoid that. I doubt that people will so actively avoid the booth. It's just a great way if you got to clean stuff or like reorganize your inventory. <laughs> what What about Wadapalooza specifically? Do you, it's a unique event. Mm-hmm. I think we we all know that. Even if you've never been there in person, it's right. on the water, it's in Miami. Yeah, it's awesome. What do you like about that event? And what are some things about that event, maybe from the athlete's perspective, that you you might not love? Oh, man, what I like about it, I mean, again, you're right. The, the atmosphere is really great. The weather was awesome. We had one day that was kind of rainy, but it's still, you're in Miami. It's beautiful weather. Um, as far as things you dis- dislike, I mean... The programming is you never know. You kind of have to, it's up in the air, but that's for any event, really, like any sanctioned event. Mm -hmm. You never know how the programming was going to go. This year, they were saying it was very pool biased, so like a lot of pooling workouts. um, Oh, pulling, not not, not pool, like swimming. There's always swimming at Wadapalooza. Yeah, Yeah. there is. There is always swimming. But normally, they do have an event where you're getting upside down, you're getting inverted, Mm -hmm. and they actually didn't have that this year. Um, and a lot of people were pretty upset about that, but I think it's like it's it's difficult, it's tough, right? You never know what's going to be thrown at you at any sanctioned event, right. um, so you just kind of have to prepare for that. What are some of the weaknesses that, even if you hadn't experienced this pre-injury, mm-hmm. what are some of the weaknesses that you kind of knew you were going to be attacking coming into this season? Definitely my strict, like my strict handstand pushups and my pressing, my overall press strength. Uh-huh. So things like you know dips. So I consider myself a much better puller than I am a pusher. So I love legless rope climbs, pull ups, muscle ups, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I've always kind of struggled with are being inverted, uh, pressing myself, my body weight, um, pressing out of a dip, things like that. So those are things that we already had planned to attack gotcha. after the games, regardless of anything. That makes a lot of sense. What, for those who don't know, what is your kind of athletic background pre-CrossFit? Because I always enjoy talking to athletes to see where some of their weaknesses or imbalances might have originated. And it's often before they even took up CrossFit and they bring some of those strengths, but they also bring some of those weaknesses. Right, and And you never really know because you just get into it early on and you're like, oh, this I love this sport, but then you start trying to be competitive and you 
realize things that you're not great at. And you also, when you first start off, the things you are great at are the things you spend the yeah, most time on because it makes you feel true. good. Exactly, right, right. exactly. Um, so I actually played Division One field hockey in college at the University of California, Davis. Um, so I played that kind of growing up, my, I don't know, middle school on. Um, and then actually prior to that, I was a gymnast, which is super helpful. Um, I, I mean, I was only till about 10 years old doing it competitively, but even once I was able to translate and bring it back to CrossFit, mm-hmm. I, it's like I remember it. It's like I never stopped. So having that background was super, super helpful as well. What what age were you when you started doing I, CrossFit? CrossFit, uh, 2013, so 21-ish maybe, 2021-ish. I feel like in two thousand right? <laughs> in two thousand thirteen, that's she just looked off 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 screen for conf- for confirmation. <laughs> I'm like I'm really bad at math, so I'm seeing if I'm, <laughs> if I'm correct. <laughs> Let's see, I'm this year's old, this many years old. So twenty one back in twenty thirteen, that was like early twenties. I feel like was when mm-hmm. a lot of people were discovering right. CrossFit. Right nowadays. That's kind of like over the hill as far as taking. I mean, it up. now I'll be twenty eight in May, and I feel like I'm old, which is so crazy to say, but. <laughs> in CrossFit terms, there are still people that are a lot younger than me now. So I'm like, oh man. Well, I think on the women's, and this is again anecdotal, like I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me, but generally the women's side of competition tends to run a little younger they do. than the men's side. Yeah. What What do you think, like how young do you think is the cutoff or is like the bare minimum for a lot of these women competitors? We saw, you know, Haley Adams. Oh man, she crushed it. She was a teenager it. at yeah, the games she, last year, top 10. She was great. She did really great. I mean, I I don't think there's really an age limit. Like, yeah. I mean, you also see on the other end, Sam Briggs, who is destroying people still, and she's in her 30s. Yeah. So I think it all depends on just fitness level, like mentality, and then also like the background and like if they're healthy or not too. Like that's obviously super important as well. So I don't really know. I mean, I wouldn't say there's a, a limit. Like I think the younger they are, like just the more room they have for, for growing and becoming better. One thing I've noticed, and this is a little bit, of, of my own experience just in life, when you're a teenager, you think you're the best at everything or you think you have no limits. So it's amazing to me. I think it can be a mental advantage if you're very young. That's true. Because your confidence is like super yeah. high yeah. and you have that teenager ego. <laughs> and so some of those mental limitations, yeah. they aren't holding you back as I much. Wish, I wish I got into it when I was a teenager because I know I was sassy. Like I, <laughs> I was so disrespectful. I, was, I probably would have been even better, like just thought I was better than I was, you know? And so that probably would have helped me. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of like our mental limitations are like, you know, oh, I can't snatch this. It's too much weight. It's yeah. ten. It's ten pounds or five kilos or whatever above right. my PR. When you're 17, you're like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, we we need to be thinking like that now, though, too. That's very important. That mental game. Just, just yeah, just hang out with more like snot nosed bratty teenagers and just try and like get there, get that mental yes, acuity from them. That's what I should do for and sure. That, that like unbridled ego. Yeah. <laughs> so you were able to qualify for the games out of the <laughs> open this year. First off, congratulations. Thank you. How does that change? This is this is going to sound like a dumb question. Obviously, it's probably a wait off because you don't have to go through the the regionals process. You don't have to wait for months and months and months to figure out if you've qualified for the games. You know much earlier right. now. Right. Um, was this remind me? Was this your first time qualifying for the games out of the open, or have you done that before? So no. So this is uh, this is the first year. Yes, that I they qualified out of the open. Okay. Not my first time at the games. Right. Right. Obviously. obviously. Like, uh, but. Was last year was the first time. Last year was the first year they did 
the worldwide open um, qualification mm-hmm. process too. So I wasn't able to do it last year. What was your qualification? Where did you qualify last year for the 2019 games? Remind me. Um, so I qualified at the MAC, okay. the Mid-Atlantic. Gotcha. Um, in the open, I, I had one workout that kind of trashed me and put me down the leaderboard. Um, so I was able to qualify in April um, at the MAC. But I was also still doing a lot of team stuff last year too. So I was kind of going back and forth. I uh, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, to be honest. Yeah, so I had no clue. I was kind of like on either end. Like I really enjoyed team, but I also still wanted to try to be an individual competitor. You really don't know how many years you have left as a competitor. You know, every year you qualify, it gets harder. Well, now now that you're at the ripe old age of 27 <laughs> years old, uh, it's, getting it's, old. You gotta I got listen. I have arthritis in my knees. Like I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say I shouldn't be jo- I shouldn't be joking about about that. You have athletic miles on mm, your body. Mm-hmm. Definitely definitely adds up. Yes. What do you think of the I mean now that we're like I guess we're call it two years into it for the new qualification mm-hmm. procedure for the games. Things are shaken out a little bit. People have experience at sanctionals, they have a few under their belt. Right. What do you think of the new qualification system compared to the old one? I really like it, to be honest. Yeah, I really like it. I think that it allows people to have more opportunity to be seen, Mm -hmm. um, get that exposure, you know, train and and do events. So, like a lot of times prior to this, um, you had just the open regionals and the games. So, you really only had three stages to kind of show if you're able and if you can do it and qualify for the game. So, now you have a lot more opportunity, which is really cool. Um, you get to compete with some of the best on different stages all over the world. It's your choosing as long as you can qualify for those. Um, and I think there's more opportunity to kind of make a career out of it, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, um, athletes are now able to, to get paid to go to these things. And whereas in the past, like you really weren't making any money doing this. So I think it's a really cool change. And I think it's going to grow the sport a lot. What was your initial reaction when some of those changes started coming down the pipeline? Well, honestly, I, I didn't even really know what was going on. No one did because I think it was kind of chaotic at first when they started making all these changes. Um, it, and it wasn't until the games that I realized how cutthroat it was with the with the cut oh, system. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, like early on, like you know that first event, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna cut some people." They cut like half the field the first event. I was like, "Whoa, this is savage! I better get my head right and make sure that I can stay in this." Um, so that was kind of when it got kind of crazy. But again, I mean, it's everything, you know, with change, it's, it's going to be inevitable. So you have to kind of learn to adapt and uh, get better. You mentioned competing on teams. I know it's something you've done in the past mm-hmm. and you seem like you still have a lot of love for it. Is that something that you might switch to more permanently in the next few years or do you still want to compete for a few more years as an individual? I think I definitely want to try and ride out the individual side of it as much as I can. Okay. I mean, it's 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 really cool to be able to see growth every year that you are competing and um, see yourself get better out on the competition floor. So it's definitely a much different commitment. I mean, team is now just, it's so difficult too. I mean, you have literally individuals just Making super teams, so Cro- it's, CrossFit game, many CrossFit Games champions, individual crazy. champions are it's on the crazy. team. Crazy. I mean, they now. just said at Wadapalooza, um, the Mayhem team. I think it had like twenty-seven CrossFit Games uh, under their belts amongst the four of them: Tasia, Rich, Scott, and China. Like that's crazy. That's insane. So, yeah, I mean that that side is getting just as difficult as well. Uh, and you know, I think for me, it's just this is something that allows me to see how my heart like if my hard work is paid off. Right. So I definitely want to try to continue to qualify as long as I can, as long as I'm healthy. And 
as long as I'm enjoying it and loving it, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying it, it's not worth it at all. Okay. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. you can build any super team. You can pick any, Ooh. you can pick oh, yourself man. and any three other games competitors. It has to be two guys, two women. It doesn't even have to be, they don't even this have to be, be games really- competitors. They can just be anyone in the CrossFit community, but probably games competitors. Mm-hmm. What is that team? Oh, man. And I'm gonna hold you to this. This is, is gonna be really hard. I don't even know. Like I, I can't even think about it. Someone who would have to compliment my pulling strength. So maybe Carrie Pierce because she's a really good presser. Not a bad choice. Tr- <laughs> not would a bad be choice. Really good. Off to a good start. She would be really good. And then as far as the guys, like if I could steal Rich, I probably would just because he is so well rounded. Has done this for so long. Right. Um, and he's just one of the best competitors, in my opinion. To clarify, you are the team captain here, so you have oh. to call all the shots. Oh man! So you have that to, would be hard then so you, against him. I so feel you like have I'd to be, boss Rich around. <laughs> I, so I, I should have said that at the beginning. Yeah, I'd be pretty nervous to do that, to be honest. Okay, you got one um, more slot. One more slot. Hmm. I mean, if I wanted to definitely take home a W, probably Matt. Okay. He again, super well rounded. I feel like him and, and Rich would be a pretty good pair. Bu- I mean, they, tra- they train together they, a lot. They do, and I feel like neither of them really have any weaknesses per se, although they might say they do, but when you see them on the competition floor, I would say no. All right, that's a super team. Yeah. Matt, Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, Carrie Pierce, Meg Reardon, five CrossFit Games championships Oof. coming up in a row. Oof. I mean, if you could actually, if you could convince that, <laughs> if you could convince all those people to, I'd, that'd be more impressive than actually winning because I would expect that team to win. Right. I mean, that would be, I would be the weak link on that team. I feel like I'd have to really start training crazy hard. <laughs> I think you and Carrie would probably have to move to Tennessee for probably, that to happen. Yeah. I don't think you're going to convince Matt and Rich to no, move no, to no. New York City. No shot. Or this no area. shot. Yeah. They, we would have to move for sure. <laughs> There'd be a cost of living adjustment some, some way. And you yeah, generally want to yeah. go cheaper. Yes, definitely. <laughs> At the games, what was your remind me of your first year at the games? 2016. 2016. Mm-hmm. I can remember if it was 2015 or 2016. That year, you were competing against a lot of 2016. There were a, by that point a ton of like established games veterans, right? Yeah, right. Who were you most excited to compete alongside in 2016? Honestly, um. Actually, probably Becca Voigt, to be honest. Oh, so I mean, she, great, great answer. So she, OG. Yeah, she's an OG. And she actually is, uh, she recently joined the same program. Well, it's not recent. It's probably been about almost a year now. Mm. But she's under the same coach as me as well now. Um, who, who's your coach right so now? So David Charbonneau. Okay, yeah. So he's, he, the program is called Forged by Zeus. Yep. Tim Paulson is on that yep. as well. Um, and she actually reached out to me. Like I had seen her a few months back and she was like, I started to forge by juice because I saw your process or your progress um, since, which is really cool to, when an OG wait, says that Wait a minute. You. Becca Voigt was like, yes. yeah, I saw what you were doing. Yes. That's and why so I was like, I- what? <laughs> yeah. But I remember in 2016 competing one of the workouts, it was a handstand pushup, bring handstand pushups. And I was competing alongside her and she, I remember saying her saying like, I don't really know how to do these. But you know when someone is a really great competitor when they get out on the floor and they just get it. They know how to do something. Right. Like and that was her. I remember watching her. Like I was struggling with these ring handstand pushups, and she was next to me and she got one and then she kept doing more. And I'm like, that is so cool to see. Like someone who can just adapt on the fly. Like it's so important in competition. Um, and so for for me, she's an such an inspiration and someone I really look up to for sure. Were there any? Games athletes could be any of the years you you've competed at the games who intimidated you. Oh yeah, there's a ton. I mean, you're just not supposed to. We're not supposed to show it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I mean, intimidate and also inspire. I mean, Tia is incredible. She's an incredible competitor and someone that I think everyone looks up to. Mm -hmm. Um, She's got a really great attitude when she's on the floor, but she's fierce. She's fierce. You know, you don't, she doesn't really talk. She's just focused. Um, So it's, it's pretty cool to, to compete alongside her. Okay, who's the who who's the friendliest? Mm, friendliest, probably Sam Briggs. She's a jokester. She's so she's so nice, she's and everyone so nice. says that. Yeah, she's and she's a, like she keeps everything light. You know, like we're in the corral, we're all like super serious, and she cracks a joke, and everyone's laughing, so it makes it a lot more fun for sure. Okay, who uh, who surprised you the most? Surprised me the most. You were maybe expect them to like act a certain way or operate a certain way. And they were just not what you were expecting. Could be like you had a preconceived notion from social media, yeah, something yeah. like that. Off the top of my head, I really can't think of anyone that. I mean, surprised me on the competition floor would be Haley Adams because I really didn't know how well she was going to do. Like, I don't think anyone besides like. I mean, I I uh, so we both lived in North Carolina. Okay. Prior to this. And that's, I, that's right. She's not from she's not from Cookville. No, right? she's not. Okay. No. Um, so we both lived in North Carolina. I trained with her a few times, but she was so young. So like, I really didn't. I mean, I knew she was going to be great, but I didn't know when she was going to like when she was going to come up and and be so great. And she did. She was a really. She had a really great performance last year. Like it was really cool to watch that. And she's so sweet and so humble. So that was that was really cool. Has the new cut process at the games or like? Yeah, I guess it's still called the new cut process because mm-hmm. we've only seen it once. Has that changed your approach to to training and competition? Training and competition, I mean, now you kind of have to approach every workout like full on. Like it could be your last. It could be your last. So you have to be really methodical with how you're approaching each workout. I mean, like for example, last year at the games, the first few workouts were so important. So it's so it was so crucial how high you placed on those, just because that could save you some points. You know, when the bigger cuts started happening and, and less people were involved. So um, I think you kind of have to approach everyone really smart. If you know it's something that you could potentially win, you got to try to go all out. And if it's something that you're doing damage control with, you have to just play it safe. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you have to be a lot smarter. That's really what it comes down to. The first workout at the games last year, when they cut, when they cut, it was half the field. They cut it was the half, first one. Yeah. It was, it was the rounds of 400 meter run, legless rope climbs mm-hmm. and squat snatches. So yep. it was, um, mono, it was a monostructural like endurance element. It was a high skill gymnastics element and it was, a, uh, I call it moderately loaded weightlifting yeah, element. It'd be moderate for sure. It was 185 for the guys. What was 135? I think it was 130 maybe or I think it was 130. I don't know if it was 135, but somewhere in that range. How did you approach that workout, and what did you ultimately think of that as like a first a first cut criteria? I thought it was a really great test, to be honest with you. Um, legless rope climbs, I had said it earlier, like they're one of my favorite movements. It was definitely much different. The ropes were a lot thicker, so it was more of a grippy test as well. And they were a little bit higher, in my opinion. I don't, they said they weren't, but they were definitely higher. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it just feels higher outside. You're not doing a lot of Potent- most people aren't doing rope climbs outside. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I, when I was getting up that rope, I was like, wow, this seems quite <laughs> high. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was a really good test. Uh, the 400 meter was kind of displaced in there to just make your heart rate stay high the whole time. There was really no time for your heart rate to go down. Um, and you had to be pretty smart because the rope climbs, if you were to rush those, like a lot of people started to fail and you had to rest. And the longer you're resting, the more time you're losing. So that was definitely a workout where you had to be really smart and kind of capitalize on your strengths and you know maybe stay back or be smart on the things that you're not as, as strong at. 
What would you like to see from the games that maybe we haven't seen in recent years as far as events, things tested, things like that? Um, you know, he does a pretty pretty great job with it with the test, to be honest with you. I like how you can say he and everyone knows exactly who Yeah, you're, Dave. If you're not cash. if you're not super into CrossFit, if you're if you're if you're not following CrossFit super closely, when we, when they say he, it's Dave Castro. It's, it's Dave always Castro. Dave Castro. Always the mastermind behind it. I mean, I really do think he does a very, very good job of testing the right elements. Um Hmm. I would like to see maybe a, a like last year I got cut actually right before the sprint workout, um, which would have been I think m- one of my favorite workouts to do. Uh-huh. It was like the zigzag cut okay. um, on on, t- on turf too with cleats. You're you're yeah. comfortable with that. Exactly. You have I, that. I played a field sport, right. so I would maybe like to see that even earlier on. Um, some more sprinty style stuff. Like I, I love the sprint workouts. Those are things that I like to capitalize on. Mm. Um, things that I have to improve on are the longer kind of like the ruck, the ruck run last year was a 6k. That was rough for me. Um, so those are kind of things I'm still having to improve on. But I mean, I, I would like to see maybe some more sprinty stuff early on, but it, it's, you never know. Like it's, it's a toss up, you know, this year they said that they were, everyone was going to go through it through at least three workouts before the first cut. So I guess we'll see. That's definitely that's definitely like a different mental state than than last year's. Yeah, I think. Do you think we're going to see shooting at the games? No. So actually, Dave Castro just did a podcast, um, and he said that the rogue the shooting event at rogue was not a test of fitness at all, and that he wouldn't never program that. That. <laughs> that was that was Mark Bell's podcast. Yeah, he yeah. was on. I actually haven't listened to the full episode, but so I, I heard you're already ahead that. of me. Yeah, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I did hear about this. Um, and he said he wouldn't program, which is good for me because I'm not a great shooter anyway. <laughs> well, when that came up at the Rogue Invitational, were you at the Rogue Invitational last I was. Year? I was on a team last year. Okay. Um, so you weren't shooting nope, on, on the team. teams didn't shoot. But when you when you saw that come up, did you start thinking, oh, I have to I have to practice shooting now? Yes, I did. And I think a lot of people did, but I was like, oh man, like I'm actually really not good at this. I probably should just try to get to a shooting range like once or, or twice before the games. I wasn't able to. Um, but now it's good to know that he's not going to program that. <laughs> Well, that wouldn't that be the that be peak Castro? He would like reach new heights if he said he wasn't going to program it, and then he did. And then it was like archery or something. He's like, technically, <laughs> it's not technically it's shooting. not shooting a gun. Actually, funny story. I did take an archery class in college as like a recreational credit. Terrible at it. I'm so bad. Like some people were like legit pros at this at archery. Like it's a very intense sport, and I was not good at it. I competed in archery as a kid did when, I was you? In, when I was in middle school. And it is it is very it is very intense. It's very difficult. People are very cutthroat. And if you're if you're not good, they they like basically tell you like it's not for you. It's <laughs> like archery is like the most I like to imagine archery is like the most clickish. Like it's not like a support. I I haven't shot uh, like competitively since I was a kid, but mm. but it's like very ex- exclusionary. Mm. And be like, oh, you can't. <laughs> You can't train with us. You're not. You're oh not this yeah. Level. It's the opposite of CrossFit. Okay. I'm kidding. I don't actually know if that's the case <laughs> or not. Who do you think is looking really strong? Let's focus on the women's side. Who do you think is looking really strong? You know, after we've had a number of sanctionals, mm-hmm. we obviously had the Open. You did very well in the Open. I know you have your eye on your competition. Mm-hmm. Who's looking really, really good this season? Um, what the first two people that come to mind would be Sarah. Uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and then also Carrie Pierce. I think they both look really, really strong and and healthy right now. I think Sarah's definitely done a lot of events, so I don't know how many more she's planning to do. She has just like this extra gear of being able to compete more frequently yeah. than any other human. I mean, being. seriously, seriously, it's crazy. And 
you like you fry your CNS when you're competing. So like, well, the, most people do. Maybe right. maybe she maybe she doesn't. doesn't. She's maybe a robot. I'm I'm really not sure. Um, but her and and Carrie. I mean, Carrie is always such a such a well-rounded and consistent competitor. I don't think people give her enough credit, but she always manages to like sneak in and and surprise everybody. Carrie, I very very much have on. We haven't done like predictions yet for this year because it's a little too early mm. in the season. Carrie's very much in my podium predictions. Yeah, for this I mean, year. I think this. I think she's like she's basically touching it this year. Like, if not standing on top of that, like I, I feel like she is. She's working on the weaknesses that she says she has, and like I, I think that she's going to be. I think she's going to do a really good job. I am biased. Carrie's. I consider her like a very good friend. Yeah, and I've known her for a long time. So I'm. Com- and I'm, she's awesome. I'm she's such from, a sweet person. I'm coming from a completely biased <laughs> perspective here. This isn't just like. I mean, again, the crazy thing is, you never know because. It all comes down to events and order of events. Yeah. So, like, it's we really like a lot of times people are completely wrong. I mean, Carrie, Carrie will admit her big weakness is leg strength. Like mm-hmm. during the clean event, yeah. last year, she like, during, jokes about it too. She, she'll joke about. It. She's yeah. like, yeah, I need to get, get my legs stronger. And the good news is, Carrie has gotten her legs stronger. Yeah. So, with her gymnastic aptitude, if she, you know, gets those Olympic lifts up, if she gets that leg strength up, I mean. It's hard to spot any particular weakness for her. Her right. running's come a long, yeah, long way. Yeah. Even even as a shorter athlete, like she still can hold her own on the machines as well. So, yeah, I mean, and then again, as far as pressing, I mean, Mary last year is a perfect example. She was the only competitor to do strict handstand push-ups the whole time. So, I mean, that, that's just insane to me. I remember the first time I ever met Carrie Pierce. I think it was at regionals in 2015, I, I think. And I met her, and she—I believe that was her first year qualifying for the games. And I jokingly asked her because she could clearly like just knock all the gymnastics stuff mm-hmm. out of the park. I was like, "How many handstand pushups can you do in a row?" And she answered, and she was not kidding, two hundred. Oh, <laughs> that's kipping. That's kipping. I mean, but for her, it's like no. It's that's just, still crazy. She was like, "Yeah, it's not really to failure. It's just I get tired of being. I got tired of being upside oh. down." <laughs> Was like, wow, what? honestly, I'm very jealous because I wish I could do 200 in a row without stopping. I, I wish I, I wish I could do 20 in a row without, without stopping. Seriously, same. That's just, that's out, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Given, given the fact that you've had to take a little time off your feet and you're still training, but you're not necessarily doing the heavy leg stuff, like, right. are you worried about your, your leg strength and your Olympic lifts going into heading into the games? No, not necessarily. To be honest, my squat strength and my squat endurance has always been something that even if I'm not squatting consistently, doesn't really go away. I I mean, just because of my background and stuff like that, I've had bigger legs. I would be more worried if I had something going on with my shoulder and I wasn't able to press. Interesting. So um, it's definitely tough because you do see people on Instagram squatting and you see people at competitions squatting and I'm like, man, I wish I could squat. I kind of, I'm a little jealous right now and running too, you know, running is important, but I know that this is, you know, the smartest thing for me to do and I if I would have kept pushing through the pain it would have gotten worse, you know. So it's it's definitely unfor- like unfortunately I'd have to I can't not I can't not rest right now so I have to. What prior to this injury, mm-hmm. what were your Olympic lifting numbers looking like? And I have a, I do have a follow up question to that. Um, so you mean like my max lifts? Yeah, sure. Snatch uh, and clean and jerk. I, I've snatched two hundred pounds before. I've clean and jerked two hundred thirty five pounds. Um, so like. I would say like above average, but I mean, there's still obviously some really strong girls in CrossFit as well. But I was able, like, I was, I, I consider myself one of the athletes that was able to still walk into a max lift competition and put up a good enough number that it wouldn't like affect me or hurt me on the on the other end of it. Gotcha. What do you think are kind of the bare 
the baseline numbers. They're that, pretty high now, I that, feel. Right. They're, they're pretty, I mean, I remember Lindsay Valenzuela, this was years and years and years ago. This was probably like 2012 mm. or 13, was like the first female CrossFit Games competitor to snatch 200 pounds. And everyone was like, oh, wow. Right. Right. Now people now, do it consistently. Yeah, now now it's like that's what you kind of <laughs> it's like pretty insane. Yeah, you like need that coming into it basically. What do you think those kind of baseline numbers are? I would say for a snatch, probably somewhere around a 175 pound snatch would be pretty consistent. Being able to hit that consistently, um, clean at least. I mean, over 200 pounds, um, putting a clean and jerk together, like maybe a two. I mean, you saw what was the the open workout this year? What did it finish at? 205. So you mean you could see at least over two hundred pounds for that for sure. Moving consistently, being fatigued. Yeah, you have to at least be able to hit the the, the top numbers on those open right, workout ladders. Right. Or exactly. Like exactly. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Podium predictions for this year Ooh. for the women. It's okay to be biased. It's okay. Like I, I don't necessarily care so much about your reasoning, but I'm like, if you if you're a if you're a betting woman. What does your podium look like this year at the games? Well, first off, my personal goal is to be in that top ten. So I'm going to try to make it to Sunday. That's that's my personal goal. That's a. If you didn't say that, I'd <laughs> be, be like, really upset. Why are you I'd, even here? Yeah, I'd be like <laughs> Meg. Like we were recording a podcast yeah, right? for a reason. Come on in. Yeah. Oh, podium. I mean, I think we're going to see T on podium. Um, if not at the top, she looks she looks really good this year. Um, I want to say Carrie. I think Carrie will be on the podium. And the third girl, I think it's going to be like someone that maybe we're not expecting. Maybe like a Haley Adams, potentially. Maybe a Meg Reardon. Who knows? I want it to be I want it to be a complete unknown. Or I want it to be an unknown or a Meg Reardon. Yeah. <laughs> I just want someone to like just com- come completely yeah, out like, of the woodwork. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Work. I like seeing that when you kind of, someone sneaks up or surprises you like and it's not the same people. You're like, yes, it's great. <laughs> and it's harder to do that now than in the earlier days of the CrossFit Games because in the earlier days, someone could like take up CrossFit and two years later, they were gunning for a podium right. spot. Now people, people don't just kind of come out of nowhere as much right. anymore. Right, right, yeah. It takes longer to build that baseline of strength. It does. Than, yeah, it does. Yeah, it so, definitely does. The days of like Matt Fraser, I geez, I remember his first regionals. It's crazy. And he was like a former weightlifter. He didn't want to take his shirt off because he wasn't as like cut as everyone else. Yeah. Now, 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 he very now, much, he, now he very lives much with is. His shirt off. <laughs> so that I would, I would love to see a wild card or and or a Meg Reardon on the podium, yes. but it's not a very big podium. They don't have a lot it's of spots. Really not, and it's again very cutthroat. You know, they got those cut systems very in place early on. So you got to bring your A game to each event. Well, I just, I just, you, you can't, you can't see this uh, if you're just listening to the podcast, but I just ran into the mic <laughs> with my mouth. I should be able to know better by now, but Meg, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I know we're going to record some other content today. Thanks for coming in. I really, really look forward to seeing what you're capable of doing this summer. Thank you. I really appreciate that. 